Welcome back, everybody, to the Game of Thrones flashcast as we walk very slowly. Knowing all about the first seven seasons of Game of Thrones, we walk very slowly through season one. Somebody emailed me the other day and said, Jason, do you think you're going to get to the end of the last episode of season seven in your rewatch before the new episodes aired? And I said, no, 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 no. You must understand. We're doing season one. That's all. That's literally <laughs> all we're doing. And we're up to episode six, a golden crown. That sounds really great. Who wouldn't want a golden crown? Here, joining <laughs> me to talk about it. You heard her. She's there. It's Kelly Gamont. Hello. <laughs> Hi. It's I'm good really to have- glad. Eventually, I'm really glad to make it here it's, tonight. It's another H- chance to talk. HBO uh, Sunday night show, but it's not Westworld. It's, uh, it's, it's Game of Thrones, but it's okay. Yeah. Well, There's that's why I had Sunday violence. night free. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's also true. Um, and of course, the usual suspects, including myself, are here. Monty Ashley, hello. Hello, Jason. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Monty. And Brian Hamilton, say hello to everybody who's here and also listening at home, Brian. I demand trial by combat, and oh, I name no. my champion Kelly Gamont. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> I have questions about the Westeros legal system, but we'll get there. Maybe, <laughs> or maybe we won't get there. Actually, that seems more appropriate. We wouldn't actually get to it. Uh, so in a golden crown, I'm going to break this down into the different places where, you, where we see things in this episode. There are four different settings for this episode. Um, and let us start with King's Landing, where lots and lots of things happen. This is an episode that is jam-packed with stuff. I'm going to uh, go through. Just stop me when you got something to say about it. We, we start with Ned. Um, uh, he, we, we see uh, Robert uh, slap uh, Cersei, which I just wrote down. Great. Love this guy. He's a wife beater now, in addition to all the other things that are bad about Robert Baratheon. But <laughs> he felt kind of bad about it afterwards. He should, because that's probably what got him killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And the most important part, and this, I feel like this is this should be a regular segment on this rewatch, uh, and this is the Monty, sponsored by Monty, it is the We'll Talk When I Return <laughs> segment. Oh, man. One <laughs> again somebody who's about to die says well we'll talk about this ned when when i return and uh robert baratheon ain't coming back folks so that was nope. that's all we see mark well um, we'll see him again he'll be dying when we see him again next week so yeah yeah i hope he has something important that he's not basically the message of game of thrones is don't wait tell them now <laughs> Tell people it's, you love them or that they're you're their secret uncle or whatever it is <laughs> now and not later. And I, I think for me, the thing that was surprising about this was that um, I was sort of catching up and watching, uh, like skipping through the first uh, previous episodes of season one. And the episode before this one is where Cersei and Robert have that honest moment where they yeah. sort of see each other for what they are and <clears throat> where they are. In their lives, and like this was really never going to be a thing, was it? Nope. And nope. they sort of, <clears throat> it sort of felt like resolution in a way. Like they had both sort of come to terms with where they were and that they were going to continue forward. And so, I, for me, this, like, you know, talk about whiplash, like it seemed almost, it, it seemed really even more sudden not like you know oh great you know i know robert baratheon's not a great guy in the first place so it was very surprising to me after the conversation they had in the episode before this one that this was how this one turned out yeah yep i know that everyone winds up saying we'll talk next time but Mm. i think one of my favorite (laughs) things about season one is that 
this is some of the most direct conflict resolution or direct conflict lack of resolution (laughs) that we get in the entire show because a giant fight happened last episode and one of the only times in the series where we actually get ned and robert together talking about what the heck just happened it reminded me a lot of the scene where um uh where the butcher's boy got attacked by the dog and there's a Mm. he said she said about everything was going on between the characters and even though the entire rest of the series is all about armies doing this and no one actually talking to each other and just sending ravens and doing hearsay and until like very rare confrontations it was really refreshing to see something happen and then have the people involved talk about it yeah Mm -hmm. i agree uh, also in this King's Landing block, we see um, we see Silvio Farrell again, and Aria. Sirio, Sirio, uh, sorry, Sirio. I never get this right. Sirio Farrell. <laughs> yes, he's not floral, and he's no, not Silvio. Real Sirio. One of these days, you know, I think I'll get his name right as soon as the yeah. uh, the episode where he dies. But until sorry, spoilers because we told Wait, you we've seen all seven seasons already. <laughs> don't listen to this. The he dance teacher dies. Dead. Okay, he's, you don't know that. We don't. Yeah, it, it's we never we never see that anyway. Our, so Arya is grumpy and all of that, and then it's hunting time, folks. Hang on, hang on, hang okay. on. Okay. Sirio says my favorite line in the entire series, and I want to take Let's a moment skip to appreciate it. it. No, okay, go ahead. We'll, 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 your favorite line for the whole series. Let's do it. There is only one God, and his name is Death. Oh, and yeah. there is only one thing we say to Death. Not, Not today. today. Oh, I love that. I do love that. I, I, I agree. I'm sorry I skipped over that. I think this is a little behind the scenes here. I think I was making a sandwich when that line was on, so I didn't take <laughs> notes because I was because I watched these while I'm having lunch and I was making a sandwich and that. But but as he said, there's only thing we say to death. Before he even said it, I said not today not today that what do you say to the god of sandwiches jason uh we're not going to kill today <laughs> and that's the first of the things in this episode that i now mainly recognize from gift sets oh yeah 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 there's a lot though there's a lot yep a <laughs> lot a lot of, lot of uh, meme worthy game of thrones this is game of thrones making its reputation right in season one. Oh yeah um well. on the hunt we got uh, who's on the hunt? Uh, Lancel Lannister is the uh, is the attendant. Renly is there, and Sir Baristan is there. But Renly is uh, pretty much sick of it and kind of storms off in a huff. And then yeah. and then Lancel Lannister says, "More wine, Your Majesty." <laughs> we learn that according to Robert, the way to be a real man is to have sex with a girl from each of the seven kingdoms mm-hmm. plus the Riverlands, which is interesting because Theon just said that. In the Iron Islands, you have to kill a man to be a man. Mm. So we start to get a sense of how the different regions of Westeros have their own different philosophies. Different flavors of toxic masculinity, depending on where you are. Oh, hurrah. Yeah. I did. I like. So the things about this. uh, So Renly is gay. And, and, you know, Robert knows this, right? So there's the, the betting women um thing is awkward already and then there's that great mo- moment where he's basically like barristan knows what i'm talking about and he's like mm, no not <laughs> yeah, well, i guess no. so <laughs> no the baratheon boys do not have a lot in common no they right. don't they, no. they robert, don't robert renly and uh stannis, stannis. are all completely stannis. different people uh, you know like, what you know what renly and robert have in common is they both roll their eyes the same way when stannis is mentioned <laughs> Yes. 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 Any two of them are united in their disdain for the third one. Right. You know, in this one, I was uh, 
uh, watching season one has been a little bit sort of like home movies i was saying earlier today um oh they're so young and that was so long ago and you think about all the things that you know happened to that person that you see on screen right now you know in the course of all of the time that we've spent with them so far and we go back to the beginning for this and i had forgotten in general how much i had enjoyed renly while he was around just because he is one of the people who um is very like Brian was saying he enjoyed the directness of this episode. Renly tends to be one who is very direct. I like that. I don't like that. I will roll my eyes. I will stomp my foot. I will sashay out whatever he's going to do. Like he has no facade about most of that. And so I had forgotten how much I enjoyed that part of it. Um, right up until he leaves town an hour before dawn. Um, <laughs> he was pretty great. So he, he, I had thought that he was a lot of fun and I had forgotten how much I enjoyed him compared to all of the the secrets and the long games that everyone else is playing. He doesn't mm-hmm. really seem to have one. Yeah, which is it's refreshing, right? Because you get to see a character on screen that you just enjoy watching and not do you think about, oh, what are their motivations? What are they trying to do to like get the Iron Throne in their hands? Yeah, he didn't he didn't really care so much about any of that and sort of, you know, like when he liked something, you could see on his face he liked it and it wasn't hmm. like I'm putting on this face that says I like it so that you think that I do because really I'm plotting this whole other thing. Like there was never any of that, so I I enjoyed that in him. I do think the um the thing we've seen in successive episodes now is Renly's got a real case of believing that he's got what it takes to be a good king. Oh, yes. And this is one of the themes here is that in, in this first season is the people who are the kings are not necessarily the good rulers. They're good at something <laughs> else. And and Renly believes he would be a good king and maybe, but he, he's not good at the part and he, and he just, he can't get over it. He's like, no, but I want to be the king. And, uh, and he's had enough with his brother because his brother, his brother made it and he feels, he feels he, you know, would do a better job and his brother is squandering it, which, which he, he is. That part is absolutely undeniably true, but yes, you know. He's the one who's there. Meanwhile, by the way, good sign of a good manager is delegation. Ned <laughs> is on the throne listening to the appeals from the various poor people of the Riverlands. Um, and although this gets interesting very fast, I would kind of like it to have gone on for like 15 minutes where it's just the most crushingly boring stuff ever. But it, it is the first thing that happens this is... This might be why you're not the showrunner yeah, I think, of a I think possibly, the Actually, I think in the book... George R. R. Martin does force you to see Ned like just you want to see Ned frustrated by like the litany of just terrible, boring things that happen <laughs> before the interesting one happens. The show is not interested in wasting your time. So fair enough show. Uh, but wow. it's like, oh, they killed our people and they left behind these fish. And that's a sign that it could be the Tullys. But the leader was a tall man. So it's probably the mountain. And this seems like it's a setup because the tall the, where they're trying to set up the Tullys because Catelyn took Tyrion and uh, Ned decides to make a move here and sends... Oh, um, yep. I'd like to point out that Littlefinger explains all of this to Ned in real time in front of everyone. Yes, that's right. Oh, is it the mountain? As you know, Bob. Like, yes. <laughs> isn't your wife, Catelyn Stark, formerly a, a Tully, Tully of who the Riverlands, the fish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yes. Well, As if Peter would not know that she was a Tully. Come yeah, on. Well, just, you know, they're helping us out here. Beric Dondarrion is sent to, to uh, go to Gregor's uh, keep and and bring the mountain in or kill him or whatever. And that Tywin Lannister has to submit to justice or he'll become an enemy of a realm. So suddenly Ned is acting because he all of his guys got, uh, got stabbed and he got run through the leg in a previous episode. And he is mm-hmm. uh, mad about that. So that that's now things are starting to fall. Uh, fall apart um but there's two more pieces here uh first we see sansa she's sewing with old septa mordain who complains that she's getting all southern like in her styles and (laughs) and joffrey shows up and is super like polite and kind to sansa which is maybe the creepiest joffrey and at the end of that scene the shot is lit exactly like all of princess bride Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah oh my god Wait, i've never caught that yeah that's heartbreaking <laughs> oh my god you just pointed out the arrow in the fedex logo to me yeah. in this episode of game of thrones wait what's a storybook uh brian just uh you know, she's kidding don't even try to look for it um yeah yeah it's the storybook romance that is totally uh bs but there it is between sansa and joffrey and then the hammer comes down which is and this this honestly this is one of the most heavy-handed and eye-roll-inducing things in this first season, which is where he's like the beautiful golden hair. He's looking through. He's looking through the book Ned is of uh, genealogy of the Seven Kingdoms. He's like, oh, beautiful. The uh, what is it? The uh, they they mention Joffrey and he's a be- my beautiful golden lion with the blonde hair. And he's like, wait a second. He goes to the book and yeah, he's like, because Sansa actually says, well, he's clearly a Lannister, not a Baratheon. Yes, because he has blonde hair and Ned. It's like, yeah. wait a second. Because uh, she blurts out, like, she's going to have beautiful golden-haired babies yeah. or something like, like that. Little Lannister baby, babies. He's not and they're a gonna, Baratheon. He's a he's yeah. pretty, pretty Lannister. And this is where Ned gets distracted by the side plot. Like, well, I could save my daughters and myself, but, ooh, the <laughs> genealogy puzzle. I could get I like, 10 more uh, XP I, if I, I solve that quest. Little pundit I, square. I love uh, solving a mystery, and his mystery is he goes to the book of Big Book O Westeros genealogy, which says all Baratheons have black hair all Lannisters have blonde hair and he literally just reads out of black of hair oh black of hair oh black of hair oh golden of hair I accuse you right and it's like I get it right we saw Jamie and Cersei having sex in the first scene of the first season basically it's like we get it we get it we get it but um the way this is this is super heavy-handed of Ned figuring out yeah guess what you're lucky there was not a chart on the screen saying, you see recessive genes and dominant genes. Cut, cut to and- the uh, conference room where Ned has put up a, uh, some poster board and has a pointer and is explaining to his staff how he's got, follow me here, people, Wink. follow me here. With red the way yarn he re- tying some of the images uh-huh. together. Yes. <laughs> it's all connected. The way he reads the book is like the first thing it says about each of the characters is black of hair, black, black of, of hair, hair, blonde of hair. It's hilarious. That's right. The, the most important things in Westeros are your name, your parentage, and your hair color? Hair color. I guess. They told us early on that that was something that was recorded. Yeah. Mm. Like anyway. They presented this ridiculous book. Anyway, I, I, li- I like... I like that there is a moment where Ned is like, oh, that's what that's what this is. Um, because although later later st- seasons and the books, too, suggest that it's always been a rumor that Jamie and Cersei are 
uh, a couple that that's always been a rumor. And uh, but uh, Ned, <laughs> good old Ned, I guess they're just they, they make them slow up there in the north. It takes them a <laughs> while. I don't mind him having the realization, but the, it's just so belabored of black of but, hair. Yes, Ned. Yes, we get well, it. You know, gossip travels slower in the cold. <sighs> it does. Yeah. No, no one's telling Ned rumors. All right. Um, let's move on from where anything less from from King's Landing before we move on to another uh, another location. I got to make a funny roly poly fish heads joke, which was nice. Oh, that is nice. <laughs> Very good. Eat them up. Yum. Um, roly poly fish heads are never seen in the river. Drinking with, Drinking cappuccino in the red in the red Beric keep Dondarian. with Dornish women. Yeah, yeah. I will say that Lord Beric Dondarrion seemed pretty cheerful about his mission to go try and capture the mountain. Mm-hmm. Good luck, dude. Yep. Good oh, yeah. luck. I, I think he'll be okay eventually. Anyway, uh, let's go to the airy where weird stuff continues to happen. Uh, Holy mackerel. Tyrion, uh, we, we, we talked last week about how the, the cells looked fairly deep, but Tyrion rolls right to the edge and wakes up and leads to a basically a comedy sketch breaks out, which it's, yeah. pr- it's pretty funny, which is moored to the jailer and he calls for him and says, he says, I can get you gold, but I don't have it now. And Mord, Mord says, and I'm just going to quote him directly here. I'm going to have to check the box. No gold. Fuck off. And then leaves. <laughs> yes. Mord does not believe in object permanence. I nope. do like that he has that big scar. <laughs> he has a big scar on his head. So if you want, you can like imagine what happened to this guy. Oh, boy. Oh, and, it, and it's like, you know, at one point, Tyrion says, now listen, Mord, you're a smart man. Oh, that was hard. <laughs> you know, like he's commenting to himself. Just, he's trying to do the whole, like, I want, uh, and he finally is like, just tell her I want to confess my crimes. Okay. All right. Please just go out there. It just is, it, it is very funny in that, in that, like, how do I convince this idiot to do something that will help me here? Which is fine. And then he does, get them to make a message to the, to, and then he does that Lisa. scene from the Goonies where he says, Oh, and then when I was in fifth grade, I did this thing. And yeah. when I was in seventh yeah. grade, I did this. Thing. I wish to confess just... my crimes in front of, uh, Lisa Aaron and, uh, and Kat and, uh, and Robin, of course, the creepy kid. Uh, he's like, Oh, yes, I do wish to confess all of my crimes and he lists all of the yes i stole i stole yeah. a thing when i was 10 and Didn't all this you say please. this show wasn't going to waste my time yeah i take scene it back was tedious <laughs> well we did get to see lots and lots and lots of synonyms for ejaculation regarding a certain set a certain bowl of turtle soup mm. lovely oh, that, that is was, i yes i had forgotten i made the that. bald man cry into the turtle soup Okay, uh, that's was, a, that is a crime. Yeah. Out the moon door with him. <laughs> like, do we need to hear more? Yeah, at this point, at this point, yeah, we, he should have gone out on on principle. I think at that point. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But then when he yeah. gets to the part about you know he he mixed a, a pot of fake puke at home and went to the theater and hid the puke in his jacket. Yeah, yeah. And so we get to the moment where he's like, uh, where they're like, no, 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 we want you to talk about uh, about killing or trying to kill Bran. He's like, this entire court is out of order. Trial by combat, which I again, my notes just say it seems like a bad system because it's literally like if you are going to going to be found guilty. Instead, what you do is you have like 
uh, cool sellsword or somebody, if you're rich yeah. enough, to just fight a battle. And if th- they win, that's it. You 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 walk. There's that's it. That's literally well, it. That's okay. My problem with my problem with this isn't even the trial by combat part. It's that. The entire court can see that Robin is a complete halfwit, right? Yeah, right. Like, he, they say, all right, you will be tried by Robin Aaron, who's like, I want to see the bad man fly. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in this room is like, yeah, that's the way we do it. Yep. That kid's in charge. It's justice. But trial by combat, <gasps> that's ridiculous. I mean, the the idea that all these people are okay with that kid being their sovereign yeah, it really kind of takes me out but, of the entire story. But if he serves their purposes and they don't like the Lannisters, then I think they're okay with it. I, I'm never struggling. What any of these people's purposes Monty, are? They're I'm just, just, I'm just saying they may be okay with it as as um, people from the Vale. That they may they may dislike the Lannisters and and not mind this. I'm trying to search for a historical metaphor, Monty, for the idea that there could be somebody in charge who's incompetent, but everybody around him who could probably just remove him if they wanted to goes along with it. Because Not just the people mm, around anyway, him, literally mind. everybody. There is <laughs> no sign that anybody in the Vale ever objects no. to Robin, to Robin Aaron, Aaron being, being their lord and yeah. sovereign. I'm and not sure everybody just, gets to so see him. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure never, he's if, taken out. You can't make up an entire population that objects to him if it's not shown in the story. Yeah. Well, I it's kind of so like... dumb, and the fact that he acts that way in front of everybody... It's just so unrealistic in a show that's not that realistic to begin with that (laughs) the the trial by combat, by comparison, I'm fine with because these people are so bound by clearly inane laws. Well, so here, like I filled this in and maybe this is why I don't have the hang up with it that Monty does. And that is... um, I assume just I mean I know but by looking at him I assumed Robin was a little younger than Joffrey and one of the things that Robert and Ned talk about is Ned being the the regent until Joffrey comes of age and so I just sort of assumed yes they treat Robin like he's the lord but everybody knows it's Lysa that is doing all of the actual managing of things because she's the regent like she's sort of keeping the seat warm until he's together enough and comes of age and is able to take the place yeah himself well, so to that me, is so optimistic seem... of you kelly uh, a she's 90 percent as crazy as he is and b <laughs> oh, she's specifically like, saying he's in charge and was like yeah like that everybody doesn't make is... it any better for the people who live there i'm not saying that at all but i am saying that's why i didn't have the hang up about it because i just assumed it was up to her so my feeling is um one john aaron hasn't been dead that long and two but but so so that you could get away with it for a little while but i do agree with monty in the sense that for because historically there have been all sorts of rulers who have been inbred broken weirdos right but there is a structure and there are people powerful competent people around them who are navigating all of this Mm -hmm. and in these scenes now later on we get we we are told Littlefinger is actually the competent person who is kind of navigating all the power structures of this with with uh with uh 
Lisa and uh, and and Robin. But here, it's more like everybody's just like, "Yep, they're the bosses. They're they're perfectly fine." And that that isn't the problem because the the reason that the really broken, weird, inbred uh, leaders were allowed to continue is that there were other people who were enabling them and enforcing mm-hmm. them. And we don't really see that here. But this is weird too because it's a, such a small group and they're all the way up at the top of the veil. So I'm not sure I believe that this is like representative of this whole kingdom. This is like the, some weird inner circle where they're maybe trying to keep just how messed up these people are from the rest of the people of the veil. I don't know. Well, and like you said, they weren't, they hadn't really been there that long. And, you know, later we get the impression that Lisa was a reasonable human being when she left. And that it was well, that James got, Landing that kind of yeah she got she got she got crazier her. she got more broken with yeah, that so, so she she may have just been odd before and came back as this hot mess mm, and I, when this hot mess is in charge of somebody else twenty four seven that person even hotter mess mm, so they're all sort of feeling their way around each other because she's not been there that long and so she's sort of doing the things that she thinks are supposed to happen. But she has never been the ruler. Like, no, no, no. There's no way she thinks this is what's supposed to happen. Well, in the name of it, like, to her, yes. No, she she does not believe that the way it normally works is the eight year old gets to throw anyone he wants out the moon door. She's definitely not following the rules she thinks other people did. No, this is what she thinks should happen. So, not not this is what's this is what I believe is supposed to happen. So she's just letting him run everything because it's easier than her having to do it. And so yes, let's all be at the whim of an 8-year-old and let me tell you it's exhausting. I'm not entirely sure she I mean she is steering him, but um but he his whim they want his whims to be there because he's super uh it's super creepy and super scary that you would be killed on on a whim by this uh this very strange little boy. Um, yes. Anyway, trial by combat happens, and uh, Tyrion needs a volunteer, and he cho- and Bronn volunteers, and so we thus begins the great Bronn Tyrion relationship. Yeah, and uh, uh, fir- first, he tries to pick Jamie, but yes. we learn that although the rule is you can say trial by combat, and the rule is you can have a champion, you cannot reschedule the combat. Yes, <laughs> that is where they draw the line. No more lawyering right there. Yeah. That's ludicrous. That, the fact see, that you would reschedule yeah. the combat. that That's a bridge too far in the I, area. I liked that because although it seems arbitrary, it seems arbitrary in a way that everybody kind of agreed with. Like, all right, you got me with that one. Probably, uh, okay. What I think is even yeah. more arbitrary is the fact that after the fight, when uh, he knocks the other guy through the moon door after he kills him, uh, everyone says, or no, uh, Robin says, uh, you fight without honor. And like, well, what, was that the point? Like, it's not about honor. It's about killing whoever loses so that you can you know, walk out of the child scot-free. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not dead. That's Nobody said anything about it having to be honorable. But he I just, with honor. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed Braun. Uh, like, his introduction, like, after mm. he'd been around, you know, by the time you get to season seven, he's been around so long, you know, he's just sort of part of the scenery. And, he, and you kind of forget how they met and how they ended up in, you know the epic bromance of Westeros. And I really, and again, I really enjoyed seeing him come on the scene because it's been long enough that that was really fun to watch. Yeah. So, um, Bronn wins. Uh, although I gotta say again, 
if you're going to hold a trial by combat, do you hold it in your throne room? Because they just <laughs> smash it up and the walls just stuff chips are flying off. But I like that Braun is a professional. I mean, he is. He is a sellsword. He is a professional. No shield, no helmet, which means he's much in this fight. He is much faster than Servardus. Yeah. Yes. And which, he's um, moving around they, and dodging and stuff, which is really cool and smart on his part. And they've been pushing the agility beats strength theme Mm-hmm. recently with Arya and also with uh, the uh, Horse Lords. Right, right, yeah. right. The, right. the Kalasar has the same sort of, yeah, the Dothraki exactly. have you. the same sort of stance, yeah. Right. So, um, th- that is uh, th- that is the clever thing here, and of course uh, Servardus is dead. And uh, and then and then Tyrion's like, well, gotta go, and he gives some gold to Mord, thereby finishing the Mord Saturday Night Live sketch off. And it <laughs> says to Bronn, let's get the hell out of here. And that is the end of our time at the Airy because they just let him go. Um, because I guess trial by combat. And one of the things that we're going to see recurring in this show is there are people who are bound by the rules of this culture and people who are not. And in general, the people who are not, uh, bad things happen or good things happen to them because the idiots around them are following the rules. And so here they could totally just push Tyrion out the moon door, but they let him go because Bronn killed Servardus and that like, all right that I guess we have to let him go now and that ends the story because uh, Tyrion and the sellsword are out on the out on the road having adventures alright well let's also let's follow Tyrion and uh, and Bronn and get out the hell out of the area and let's go to Winterfell where there's only a couple of things happen we get Theon talking to Rob hold on you skipped the very important three-eyed raven leading Bran one step farther towards the catacombs that may have been while well, again I was making the sandwich in that part that that's possible <laughs> yes the three-eyed raven I didn't write down more three-eyed raven <laughs> it's it's a very important omen that will take so long to pay very, off. Very, very, oh. very, very long time. But uh, Theon says Rob must go to war. Um, they're they're out in the uh, in the countryside at this point, and and, and Bran is on his horse with his new saddle, which is awesome. Uh, but he's grabbed by wildlings, uh, wildlings or whatever they are, wildlings. And uh, uh, but he's saved by Rob, and then Theon actually fires an arrow into the last. Uh, of the wildlings who is holding Bran and Rob chastises him because he could have hurt yeah. Bran, but he didn't. And, uh, we have the, the, the girl who is the one surviving wildling who's, uh, who we, we see for a while in the show. They take her back to, to, uh, to Winterfell and she is kicking around for yep. many more episodes to come. Uh, this is yeah. where, uh, Theon says that thing about how in the Iron Islands, you're not a man until you've killed someone. Yep. And we're being built up to see Theon as an action hero. He's like, yeah, I kill guys. Yeah, I and, hang out with and prostitutes. And he is not. Yeah. The first Absolutely time you ever kill someone, Rob. <laughs> so later on, it will be hilarious when he turns out to be like the worst Iron Islander of them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We also have one of my favorite scenes in all of media, which is in an action movie when like someone is held hostage and then someone kills whoever's holding them hostage. Like, you could have shot me if I had been over half an inch. We, I love conflicts like that because it's like, yeah, I saved your life, but also you did something heroic and stupid. Right. 
Well, we've seen him. He's a pretty good shot, and he was shooting from behind, so he had plenty of time to line that up. Yeah, plenty of time to line it up, but he couldn't see where Bran was on the guy's body. Like, he was in front of him, and if he had shot, you know, an inch lower, he would have hit Bran Just shoot a, shoot it a little soft so it doesn't go through his whole body. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> That's, know. That's how arrows work, right? It's like blackjack, but for arrows. Um, Closest without going over. The other scene up here, and again, this is I feel like this is yet another Monty-mandated segment we have, which is... I let's, didn't put these scenes in, you know. Let's check in on Roz, the most amazing whore in all of Westeros. Guess where is Roz? Where in the world... Sorry, where in Westeros is Roz today? The answer is she is on a turnip cart headed south for King's Landing. Literally the back of a turnip cart. Yeah. Like, no joke. Yes. Yeah. So just, you know, say goodbye to the North. Say goodbye to Theon and his consistent business. <laughs> and she and she has a uh, she has a conversation with Theon, right? That's that's what happens in this scene. They have a kind of yeah. a little bantery thing where once again, she shows that she is wise and he is a dummy. Yep. Don't they have the conversation? Oh, yeah. Don't they have a conversation that ends where he says he'll miss her and she's like, yeah, you will. Isn't (laughs) that? Yep. I'll miss you. I know. Yep. Which reminds me of another movie, but I can't remember what. She, and know. then in the next episode, she's already down in King's Landing, showing that turnip carts go faster go than, all, than the king. <laughs> than yeah. the king, That's yeah. a famous Westeros saying. Yep. If you want to go fast, go on a turnip cart. If you want to go slow, travel with the king. Ride with the king. It's about three days as the turnip cart flies. Mm, yeah, I don't know how travel works in Westeros, and that's okay. Anyway, that's it from Winterfell. That's really all we've got. Everything else happens across the narrow sea. Where Vice Dothrak. Yes, and this is uh, there's uh, there's wacky stuff happening here. So um, there's uh, uh, what happens when you put a dragon egg in a fire? The same is, thing that happens to everything else. Yeah. Well, it 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 at this point it's basically a rock, so it doesn't do anything. But what we do see is that Daenerys can pick it up, and it doesn't burn her. But her handmaiden tries to pick it up, and her her skin is burned. So this is our like, ah, uh, yes, Daenerys is is impervious to fire and burning. She is a mm. m- magical special creature. Yeah, we got an inkling of that when she gets in the tub, and they're all like, "No, no, it's too hot." And she's, she's like, no. fine. She's just fine. She's just fine. Yeah. But so what's she doing here? Is she trying to hatch dragon eggs already? Not really. Uh, obviously, the, this fire is not hot enough to hatch the dragon egg, but she's obviously like toying with this idea, which is never explained, I think, of like where she thinks if, if I put the dragon eggs in the fire, they will hatch. Or maybe that is just part of the legend of dragons is that you don't just leave the eggs around. You put them in a fire and they hatch because that's totally what happens at the end of the season. Again, we've seen the whole thing. We know that that's what happens, but mm-hmm. she's sort of trying it here, which I didn't notice when i watched this the first time it was on yeah so well, i don't remember what it was that prompted her to do that i just assumed it was dragon legend that the dragons breathe fire on the eggs and that's how they have right. that's and how they grow and that's how they have yeah it must be and so she's sort of trying to make it happen she's definitely kind of like toying with this idea that these maybe these dragon eggs are more than uh than the dead uh rocky things that she's been led to believe they are and and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see more of that that later anyway uh i want to talk about nutrition though everybody because i hear <laughs> that if you aren't getting enough iron in your diet what you need to do is eat the heart of a horse oh man that would take forever you know how much muscular and thick those things are 
I can't I even imagine. This is a wacky scene, right? She's standing in the middle of a tent, just like her face is just completely covered in blood as she slowly, it's like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. This is the, <laughs> the, no, you know what it is? It's like one of those restaurants where you, if you eat the giant steak, it's free. Yes. <laughs> That's except, what you it have, is. except you have to basically be naked standing in the middle of a tent surrounded by horse people covered in blood, just chewing a raw uh, horse heart. And they edit mm. around it, too. Like, she has most of that thing left, and then they cut away and cut back, and it's all gone. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's really convenient. That took time. We, we, you know, again, they don't want to bore us, Monty. <laughs> this is one of my least favorite scenes in the show because it's so gratuitous and disgusting in a very personal way. But... The other interesting thing about this to me is that this is the go-to Daenerys cosplay for a lot of people, where they're covered in blood on their face and then have some sort of horse detritus in their hand. And it's like, okay, I, you could pick any, mm. literally any other outfit of Daenerys yeah. you can do. But and she I has a lot, lot of, of she has a lot of great outfits. This is oh, not yeah. what I would know. No, it's super gross. Like, and if you've got any hang-ups about this kind of thing, like whether it's horse hearts <laughs> or blood spattered huh. face or whatever it's the it's gross vomit, which was i've seen thing. hammer <laughs> yeah. horror films i'm used to people being covered in red tempera paint mm-hmm. okay that's different that's so different monty <laughs> but this isn't there's just as much red splattered around the screen but, well, but you know it's not real and it's that's for realism it's here. that sur- for survivor kind of thing right where it's like what what is this disgusting thing we're going to make you eat and it's like well yeah. if you want to be appreciated by the dothraki as their uh khaleesi you need to eat an entire horse heart and she's gonna do it and at one point she almost throws up but she doesn't and she eats the whole thing and they love her not just and this is super important for what it's about to happen not just uh Khal Drogo, but all of them the love room. her and Vasira sees that they all love her and he's infuriated by it and Jorah is like this is awesome. And Viserys is like, I hate this. This is terrible. I'm going to go steal some dragon eggs, which is when Jorah stops him and is like, yeah, I serve you. Sure. But you're not taking Daenerys' dragon eggs. So he's already like, yeah, I, I don't think maybe, or, or does he even say I serve the dragon? Like, he's like, it's not you. She doesn't, <laughs> not he you. doesn't say any of that. Just you're a man of honor. Yes, yes I, am. I am. You swore an oath to me. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, yeah. Nope. These gender reveal parties are getting two out of hand. No eggs. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's a what horse. I really liked what I really liked Party. in that moment is the 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 evolution of Daenerys in that because it's not that they they don't love her because she's married to the call and they don't love her because of the position she holds in the tribe. They love her on her own merit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, we, that, and we know that this is a thing, right? Like, we know that this is, at, at the time it might not have been obvious, but now we know, like, this is the flowering of Daenerys, where she's like, yeah. everybody loves Daenerys. She is a popular, uh, you know, pro- a popular, the people love her in various places that she rules, the people love her to a certain degree, right? And we see it here, right. that she's got them wrapped around her finger. Well, and it's also like the, also the evolution of, I mean, us getting a, a good long gratuitous look at who Viserys actually is 
which is you know not great and not great. but also like the um the moments where she continues to stand up to him and we see how that turns out soon mm. and um how she comes into her own like as a result of the way that he treats her so like when he goes and is mean to her in the tent like in the previous episode and she gashes him with the the gold belt or whatever it is that she has in her hand she was trying to be nice to him she wanted him to come have dinner with her and hang out and she got it she had a gift of these this clothing made and he treats her terribly and she's like maybe you know you say i woke the dragon but i'm not sure it's you mm-hmm. and how she and then like you know when he ends up walking and she doesn't do anything to have you know to to step in for him and how she sort of comes into her own like there's a moment where this pivots and even if this hadn't turned out the way that it did i feel like we still would have seen more of her coming into her own like in reaction to the way that he reacts to everything in the last episode she had that moment right where where um they make him walk back yeah. to camp where it was very clear at that point what their relationship was like that she had the upper hand that she was the regal one that she was the royalty and that he wasn't going to make it like i feel like that's when she she knew it and now this is just the long painful mm-hmm. side where viserys um can't Figures handle it, it. yeah yeah because remember she has a conversation with jorah at one point about like my brother's never going to be king yeah i think that's last episode right when it's like yeah. he's not it's not going to be him um but maybe it'll be her right so that that is definitely she she's figured it out now and now he's figured it out and he's a sad uh, miserable bastard who <laughs> gets drunk and uh demands his crown from cal drogo or he's going to take her back and cut out the baby not a thing you're supposed to say in front of the horse people that's a, <laughs> after the heart eating ceremony that's a bad time and and uh i you know so so we have talked a lot about jason momoa here but i i really enjoy him as cal drogo because he is not he he first off he has to speak almost entirely in dothraki which is it's a tough thing to do but yeah he uh I like in this episode, he's really great, right? Because he's definitely like, yes, you shall have a golden crown. Men shall tremble to behold. And he's like, he's pissed off. You've threatened his wife. He's really, he's really into her now, right? Like this is more, everybody is way more into Daenerys now. She was chattel to begin with. She is Mm -hmm. not now. She is not. And then we get uh, the thing where they oh. grab him and <laughs> uh, pour, pour and, and it's really easy I, to melt gold by the way i just want to point that out there while drogo is saying those things i love that viserys is like yeah that's oh, right yeah. i'm getting a yeah. golden crown i have no ability Finally. to read the room at all no he's like thank give me, you give me what i have that's, coming that's all i that's asked for that's all i asked for that's <laughs> I all love i the wanted moment where you can see in his eyes that he's like oh that that was a lot easier that, than that I was easier yeah, yeah i thought i would fail at this too no even after he gets his arms broken and he's being held down he's still like but but i'm still getting a crown right <laughs> oh man and he is so they throw some gold in a pot and it melts immediately which is i think not how that works but um anyway it's a soft metal it's, it's fine. super yeah it's like butter it's the metallic version of butter <laughs> and they pour it over his head oh uh, no molten gold on the head he's dead <laughs> a hilarious so clunk as his head hits the ground oh, the scalp. oh. like just like it's horrific to watch this happen and then he hits the deck with a clunk clunk, clunk. Oh. yeah like oh i guess he's out yeah. so it, so gold cools just as fast as it heats is what i've learned from this this yeah. is one of those instant rise and uh instant yeah. cool yeah, yeah. it's, it's like store. magic well, once it's out of the yeah once it's out of the bowl it's gonna it's gonna harden pretty fi- fast there and yeah okay so he's gone and the best part 
is what Daenerys says, which is, of course, <gasps> he is no dragon. Fire cannot kill a dragon. Oh, that's right. She's the dragon. That's right. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, my mm. favorite bit of that is the bit when Jorah says, look away, Khaleesi, and she says, nope. No. no. <laughs> Yeah. And like the look <laughs> on her face, like she didn't need to say I am the dragon uh, because that look on her face said all of that yeah. as he hits the dirt. So this is this is a story arc that begins with her being sold into into basically sexual slavery by mm-hmm. her brother and by the the businessman who's sort of enabled all of this. And you're like where is this going? And and you get in six episodes, and it's like, oh, she rules! Like that's where yeah. this is going. <laughs> Amelia Clark had to look nervous and scared for six and a half episodes, and then furious and imperious for the whole rest of the series. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. It's a, it's a it's just a great growth thing because what I like about this too is it's not like it's not a voyage of her turning people and making them her subjects. This is a voyage of her self-confidence and self-discovery. And, and yeah, some of it's metaphorical. She's also discovering that she has powers, basically, that she is the special one here and Viserys yeah. is not. But it is her voyage of self-discovery, self-empowerment, and then her confidence leads everybody around her to believe in her and all yeah. these mm-hmm. Dothraki to believe in her. Plus, she does the work, right? She learns Dothraki. She, mm. she, she does all of that. And by this episode, like, she's got it. She's... She she is the Khaleesi, like legendary Khaleesi. Uh, it's just, it's a great, in so well, few scenes for this arc to work, it's amazing. Also, she gets superpowers and has dragons. Uh, yeah, later. I mean, later she gets the dragons too, but it's like, it's a great, yeah, it's it's great. It's great. It's so nice to see a light at the end of the tunnel from where we started with Daenerys, because mm-hmm. even though you know in the back of your mind she's going to be this incredible monarch later on, it's so refreshing now to actually see it happening in season one. Yeah, and and well, and why she goes there, yeah. Because there's those bits that you see from, from the beginning, like uh, once she gets that, once they are married and then after she um has her lessons with Erie and um and turns around on Khal Drogo and says like I want to look on you you know I I want to, I want to see your face while we're doing this and whatever it is you know and then she's on top and then like from that moment like you see that and you're like oh well you know she's got him wrapped around her little finger like it's just a matter of time before she can manage the same sort of magic on everybody else and watching it happen especially like it's almost more fun now when you know where she ends up because you pick up on all those little clues all the way along yep absolutely um it's 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 definitely clearer here than even though i would read the books like i feel like it's much clearer this time going through which is great that's they, they laid their uh they laid their groundwork they laid their foundations here um and that's the end of this episode which means we'll have to come back next week to find out what happens next. But I want to thank my uh, guests for being on this do- this episode of the Game of Thrones Flashcast. Kelly Gamont, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Will you me. come back next week? Absolutely. Oh, excellent, excellent. Brian Hamilton, thank you. Crownful King. <laughs> <laughs> and Monty Ashley, thank you. Uh, I also didn't fight with honor, but you couldn't tell. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe it'll be a trial uh, by combat. Anyway, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Goodbye. We'll talk about the next episode when we next meet.